good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. Today is Saturday, the 23rd of July, 2022, and let's jump into the first story of the day. Prime Minister Prayut admits to being the sole coup maker as Deputy Prawit defends himself in censure debate. Prime Minister Prayut Chanacha has admitted to being the individual behind the May 2014 coup in Thailand as he raised his hand quite proudly when referred to by his deputy Prawit Wong Soong during the second day of censure debate during the week. Prawit was defending himself against the opposition's claim of his role in the coup and the luxury watches he claimed had been borrowed from his friend and had not declared as assets. The Prime Minister's smiling response to Prowitt's claim provoked an outbreak of laughter in the House. After the parliamentary session, Prowitt told reporters, I need to take responsibility because I did it. Prowitt told Parliament that Prayut Chanacha was responsible for the coup, which toppled the electric caretaker government of Prime Minister Yingkluk Shinawatra, who had already been removed due to a court case against her controversial rice pledgings policy. I was not involved in the coup. Neither was Anapong. Here, this is the one indicating towards Prayut. Only the Prime Minister staged it. I didn't even know when it was planned. It's rubbish to talk about the Three Ps alliance, he said. The Three Ps are Prawit, Prayut and Anapong, nicknamed Pak. Move Forward Party MP Rao Lexat Dorn said in his Facebook post last night that General Prawit's statement about the coup could be used as evidence to take Prayut to court in the future on charges of insurrection. On Facebook, the Thai Liberal Party strategy chief accused the Prime Minister of completely lacking an awareness of what democracy means when he confessed with a smile and a wave to staging the coup, the worst offence against democracy. The director of the Pu Thai family, Natuat Sai Koo, said he does not find a coup amusing at all. During the censure debate, Prawit also came under attack from Move Forward Party MP Tirichai Pantumat over alleged interference in the National Anti-Corruption Commission and Customs Department investigation into the expensive wristwatch scandal. General Prawit was accused of concealing his assets by failing to declare several expensive wristwatches, which he had been seen wearing in public over the years. He explained that the watches were borrowed from a former classmate and friend. He also told the NAWC that all the watches had been returned to the owner. Defending himself against the allegations, he claimed that the NACC had already cleared him of any wrongdoing in the matter. Tirichai's speech about the wristwatch scandal was occasionally interrupted by the Palang Pacharat MPs claiming that the controversial issue was not on the debate agenda. And furthering on from that, I'll be back, says Taksin, taking a dig at the Prime Minister. Ousted Premier Taksin Shinawatra has responded to the Prime Minister Prayachanacha's come home challenge saying he will return to Thailand. I'll come back for sure. I'll definitely come back, said Taksin in a Tuesday night clubhouse chat posted under his alias Tony Woodson. Taksin, who posts messages on the platform on a regular basis, also poked fun at General Prayut, saying he appeared to be thinking about him all the time. 
If he asks where I am, I'll say I'm always on his mind, when reporters asked him. Or when there is a parliament debate, I'm the first on his mind, said the fugitive Prime Minister. Taxon called on the Prime Minister to have a firm strategy and said he was willing to give advice. His comments came after Jeno Pryor challenged the Putai party to bring two self-exiled former Prime Ministers, namely Taxon and his younger sister Yingluck, back home to solve the country's problems. He was speaking on the first day of the Centre debate on Tuesday. As the Prime Minister, I don't know everything. I'm not good at everything. I am not someone you might say is the cleverest person. But where is Taxon now? I know you may admire some people who previously held this position and praise them for doing a better job than me. That's fine. Just bring them back if you can, General Pryde said. When asked about Taxon's clubhouse remarks, General Pryde pointed to his lips and said, Talking is what a mouth is for. People can say anything they want. Taxon fled the country in 2008, shortly before being convicted by the Supreme Court for abuse of authority in connection with a land purchase deal, while Yingluck fled in 2017, shortly before the court sentenced her to five years in jail for ignoring corruption in the first rice-pledging scheme. In January this year, Taxon announced a plan to end his self-imposed exile and return to Thailand this year as a gift for Thais. And moving along, license points deduction to curb dangerous driving. The Royal Thai Police plan to early next year launch a driving license point system, a form of electronic traffic ticketing aimed at improving driving discipline and curbing road accidents after having already raised punishments for traffic violations. From January 9th, every driving license holder will be given 12 points, which will reduce if they are caught violating traffic rules, said Police Major General Eckhart, Chief of the Highway Police Division. Breaking the speed limit, failing to stop for pedestrians at zebra crossings, not wearing a safety helmet, not fastening a seatbelt, and speaking on the phone while driving are examples of misconduct that can lead to a one-point deduction, he said. Running red lights or intentionally driving in the wrong direction, for example on a one-way street, will cause two points to be deducted, while illegal racing on a public street will lead to three points being cut, he said. The maximum penalty for four points is tied to serious violations such as drink driving, he added. A loss of all 12 points will result in the driver having their license suspended for 90 days, he said, adding the deducted points will be restored 12 months from the time after they are removed. Prior to the launch of the new electronic ticketing system, a new regulation resulting in an automatic 90-day suspension of driving license took effect on July 13th. Such suspensions will allow for violators that pose a serious risk of danger to the public or when violators attempt to flee after causing damage to others or public property during a road accident, he said. Driving without a license, meanwhile, could lead to a three-month jail term and a maximum fine of 10,000 baht, he said. The prison term for repeat offenders caught driving under the influence, for example, has been increased to two years, with the fine raised from 50,000 baht to 100,000 baht, he noted. Well, a new points system, and I think it's a start. Our traffic here and driving here in this country is absolutely atrocious, and that's why Thailand is ranked one of the worst countries in the world to drive in for accidents and deaths on the road. It's just needless loss of life that has never been addressed correctly by any government over the years. The main issue here in Thailand is a real lack of driver education and a lack of law enforcement. And if you don't have both, you have exactly the outcome that you see here on the roads on a, on a daily, daily basis. The driving standard is atrocious and certainly something needs to be done. 
Now, I'm thinking that if they start this on January 9th, I reckon by the end of January, most people will have used up all their points because they simply just don't drive good enough. Also, there'll be the other issue is the amount of people who don't have licenses who are on the road and, you know, people who will do their best to get out of not getting these points system and, as usual, the bribes that go on. But there has to be some kind of standard set in this country for driving and it needs to start with the police enforcing the laws. Now, one of the big issues, and I I said here in a previous show, is that there are no police out on the road catching people who are driving to such a bad standard. It just doesn't happen. Most of the ticketing you see here in Thailand is from traffic cameras at, at lights and zebra crossings and areas like this. And this is where they mainly catch people. Of course, at the end of every month, they'll have police checkpoints up trying to catch people not wearing their helmets or with no insurance or tax. But that's more, you know, to pay the bills for the police at the end of the month rather than wanting to actually enforce the law. Where, where I live, at the end of each month, you, you know it's coming to the end of the month because the police are out in force and uh, there's plenty of fine and ticketing going on. So these things are definitely go on. But it really needs to get away from that. The government were so, you know, spot on when it came to, let's say, COVID, mask wearing, we have to protect ourselves. And that was really, really important to them. But I just don't get why road safety is not as important to them. Because bad driving, accidents on the road, doesn't discriminate between people. Bystanders get killed, children get killed, older people get killed. It happens every single day here in the country. And I think it's certainly very much a mindset in this country. I mean, when you go and you you see what's going on in the roads right now, where you see people actually driving motorbikes, wearing a face mask, but having no helmet on, you have to wonder, what is the mentality? Do they believe the helmet won't help them? And the face mask will. Do you have more chance of getting COVID while riding a motorbike than having an accident and being killed in it? I think part of that is in their mind. At the end of the day, law enforcement on the roads needs to happen. And that is the only way that driver behavior will change. When they lose their license, when they're paying large fines, when they keep doing and eventually they end up in jail, maybe they'll change their attitude. Because right now in Thailand, on the road is all about me, 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 me. It's not about anybody else on the road. It's about one person and people trying to get from A to B as quickly as possible and not giving a damn about the carnage they leave behind them. And that's my opinion on this. And I'd love to know your opinion. Do you think this point system will help improve the standards on the road? Do you think it's a waste of time? I'd love to know your opinion on all of this, as always, down below in that comment section, guys. And moving along and following up on a previous story, Thailand admits to using phone spyware, cites national security. Now, this story we covered the last day, which was brought up by some NGOs that they had proof that Thailand was using this Pegasus software to spy on its own nationals. It was actually brought brought to their attention by Apple themselves. Now, during the week, the police denied this, but a Thai minister has admitted the country uses surveillance software to track individuals in cases involving national security or drugs amid revelations that government critics phones had been hacked using the Israeli-made Pegasus spyware. Minister of Digital Economy and Society Chaiwat Tang Musorn said in Parliament late on Wednesday that he is aware of Thai authorities using spyware in limited cases, but did not specify which government agency used such software, which program was used, or which individual targeted. Human rights groups have accused successive Thai governments of using broad definitions of national security as a pretext to prosecute or suppress activities of their main rivals. 
A joint investigation by the human rights group ILAW, Southeast Asian Internet Watchdog Digital Reach, and Toronto-based Citizen Lab highlighted on Monday the use of Pegasus spyware on at least 30 government critics between October 2020 to November 2021. The probe followed a mass alert from Apple Incorporated in November, informing thousands of users of its iPhones, including in Thailand, that were targets of state-sponsored attackers. Chaiwood did not name Pegasus, but said that he is aware of spyware being used to listen into or access a mobile phone to view the screen, monitor conversations and messages. But he added his ministry does not have the legal authority to use such software, but did not specify which government agency does. It is used on national security or drug matters. If you need to arrest a drug dealer, you have to listen in to find where the drop would be, he said. I understand that there was usage of this sort, but it is very limited and only in special cases. His ministry had previously denied any knowledge of the matter. The most recent alleged use of the spyware comes after the emergence of a youth-led movement in late 2020 that challenged the country's powerful monarchy and the government of Prime Minister Prayachana Cha. More than 1,800 people had faced security-related charges since the movement began. Thai police in a statement denied the use of Pegasus for surveillance or breach of privacy. Pegasus has been used by governments to spy on journalists, activists and dissidents and the Israeli firm behind it, NSO Group, have been sued by Apple and placed on a US trade blacklist. And speeding along, tourism operators expect little help on stimulus. Tourism and hospitality businesses that propose stimulus measures to Prime Minister Prayat Chanacha remain sceptical that the suggestions will be put into practice as related authorities may be reluctant to help. The private sector, led by 12 associations, met with the Prime Minister on Monday at Government House to propose a tourism restoration and transformation plan to revive the industry amid a sluggish market. Chayapruk Tongkam, president of the Association of Domestic Travel, said most of the proposals require approval from other government agencies, such as visa-free exemptions and extensions of eligible stays for tourists and visas on arrival of up to 45 days. He said these proposals appear to be dead on arrival, as the private sector was told that visa fees are the foreign ministry's main source of income. The government also could not predict whether tour agencies would offer discounts on packages if the visa fees were eliminated, meaning it was uncertain whether tourists would really benefit from the scheme, said Mr. Chayaprook. We had around an 80% satisfaction level following the meeting, but we have to wait and see how those proposals are dealt with by related agencies, he said. Each organisation may have its own excuses as to why it would not follow the Prime Minister's instructions. Marisa Sukasol, president of the Thai Hotels Association, said the private sector was glad General Pryat listened to the industry, but there were no commitment as each issue was assigned to responsible bodies to conduct feasibility studies. The private sector is concerned proposals that need additional funding might be ignored as the government has a limited budget, she said. Mrs. Marisa said the THA raised concerns about a labour shortage as many Thai staff that were laid off during the pandemic have permanently left the industry. The THA wants an easing of employment rules to allow migrant workers to fill vacancies, but this requires approval from other agencies. The Labour Ministry has to consider extending the list of unskilled jobs for which migrant workers could be employed, while Roy Thai Police has to consider a proposal calling for a lowering of the minimum rate to hire foreign professional workers to 20,000 baht per month from 35,000 baht. 
the proposal comprising three categories called ABC, Accelerate Travel and Tourism Spending, Booster Shot for Business Restoration and Cost Effective Strategy, aims to support the tourism industry, which still faces global economic concerns. The Tourism and Sports Minister, Pietpat Ratchapakarn, said even if international arrivals this year reach 10 million, overall revenue from both foreign and domestic travellers might be lower than the ministry's target of 1.5 trillion baht, as average spending has been significantly affected by inflation and surging airfares. He said the ministry would try its best to coordinate with other state agencies to make the ABC proposal a reality. And next up, Starbucks operator to restart expansion in Thailand. Now, before we get into this story and we're all talking about coffee, if you enjoy the show, if you think we add value to your day in terms of news and other things like that, feel free to support the show by simply buying us a coffee in the link below. Just click on the link and you can make a donation to the show for any amount from $5 to $10. In other words, you're buying us a coffee on the website and it's called Buy Me A Coffee. And uh, all donations are all always greatly accepted here on the show. Now, US coffee giant Starbucks looks set to open 30 new coffee shops in Thailand per year from 2022 to 2024 to sustain its business growth in the country. Now, according to Nanapa Shirasamai, managing director of Starbucks Thailand, the local operator of Starbucks, the company is ready to resume expansion this year following improving sales in the first half. The company plans to open 30 new Starbucks coffee shops in 2022, the same level as before the pandemic, and maintain the number of launches over the next two years. Ms. Nednapa said the firm adopted the COVID-19 outbreaks by opening more drive-through stores and launching innovative beverages in response to health trends. The company also increased its channels on digital platforms. New services such as meeting rooms, which are now available at 50% of local Starbucks coffee shops, have been instrumental in luring more customers back to Starbucks, she said. The company also designed its stores and products to enhance the Starbucks experience for customers using diverse store formats and investing in digital to provide solutions to customers' changing lifestyles, said Ms. Nednapa. Starbuck began its operations in Thailand by opening its first coffee shop in July 1998. The company operates 444 Starbucks coffee shops via various formats known as reserve, drive-thru and original concept. It also provides services via its own commerce and third parties such as Shopee and Lazada. The company has already opened 15 new coffee shops this year, mainly at petrol stations and community malls, bringing the total number of branches to 444 at present. The other 15 coffee shops will be opened in the second half of this year. Thailand is a strategic company for Starbucks in Asia-Pacific, along with Japan, South Korea and Taiwan. It still has the potential to open more Starbucks in Thailand due to strong brand awareness. Thais have a lifestyle to drink coffee and Thailand is also one of the important tourist destinations. According to Ms. Nednapa, foreign tourists from the US, Europe and Singapore have already returned, but Chinese tourists, who are normally major spenders, have yet to come back. In a related development, Ms. Nednapa said due to the BAT's weakness, the firm's operating costs have significantly increased, but she insists the firm has tried its best to manage its costs by finding new sources of raw materials at better prices. And finally, the Phuket News Daily Report. Phuket's 250 million skywalk gets public support. The proposal to spend up to 250 million baht on an elevated lookout to be built at Promtep Cape received support from local residents in Rawai at a meeting held to receive public opinion feedback yesterday. BA 2.75 in Phuket, no cause for alarm, assures Island Health Chief. 
the Phuket Provincial Public Health Office Chief Dr. Kusak Kuti Kakun has assured that there is no cause for alarm after a man tested positive for the BA 2.75 strain of COVID-19 after returning to Trang after meeting with foreigners on the island. Yet again, it's always the foreigners' fault, isn't it? There was no need to even mention that, and I just want to say that on it. Uh, some of the these guys and what they say is just done to kind of push blame away from ties. But anyway, finally, a story which I'm only giving a little bit of news to. Phuket monkeypox man on the run. Officials in Phuket are trying to track down the 27-year-old Nigerian man, recognized as the first confirmed monkeypox infection in the country after he left his rented accommodation in Batong last Tuesday. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kira Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.